It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Players like Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton and the NFLPA's latest report card, he received high marks. We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode. Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We have an absolute banger of a show for you here today. Wherever you get your podcasts or available on YouTube, make sure you subscribe or follow down below. And a special shout out to all the everydayers in Broncos country. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, I love when report cards come out. Now, even though Sean Payton himself said he's not a fan of grades in the sense of player signings, draft picks, the NFLPA for the last two years have conducted gradings, sending things out to players, surveys that they fill out. It's part of what they're responsible and doing in terms of giving the NFL feedback about how teams operate. Broncos head coach Sean Payton, he comes back with some pretty high marks here in his first season as a head coach, contrary to all the fuss and all the noise out there on the social media sphere. Yeah, you would think he was going to come through with an F minus grade based on the way that a lot of people talk about him, Cody. I mean, I know that it's always the most negative voice that are the loudest. So got to keep that in mind. But at the same time, for Sean Payton to get an A minus in this, you know, I, I guess I don't know what you would call it if every NFL player participated in this or if it was team by team and you get the I mean, Sean Payton gets an A minus ranking as a coach or, or grade as a coach and that ranked 17th in the entire NFL. So I think people will see that and they'll say like, well, he was all the way down at number 17 in terms of like popularity as a head coach or in terms of his grade as a head coach. And I think that's so funny, Cody. I think the more important thing to focus on is the fact that he graded as an A minus. And there's obviously ways that Sean Payton could improve as a coach. We saw last year as a play caller, we saw Sean Payton take ownership for the comments that he made about Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff, which I personally loved, but I think not everybody in the coaching community and even players around the league didn't exactly love that. So I think there's a lot of different factors at play here with what makes Sean Payton a, a respected coach, a likable coach, a really good coach. And I think you see with this A minus grade, uh, kind of a, a you know, a, a melding pot of all those different things, right? The things that make him great as a coach, the things that he could improve upon, likability, you know, just his kind of legend as a, a, one of the best coaches in recent NFL history. I think it's a fair grade for Sean Payton, A minus, pretty good job there. You and I were talking before we started recording here. You know, when you get your kid's report card, you're not looking at percentage. You're not looking at ranking. You're looking at what does the grade tell me? A minus is pretty dang good. And when you factor in all the other coaches who also received A minus grades, like it, it all stacks up the same way. And then there's an A. Then there's the guys who get the A plus. 
we'll dive deeper into that a little bit later here, but kind of some of the criteria here and some of the analysis that comes from Sean's A minus grade here. Look, we all know Sean Payton, he rules with an iron fist, but I think most players feel like he's very fair. When you look at where they're at, a lot of players, I think, will acknowledge that. We know he, you'd look at this Broncos roster, you look at some of the things when they were in that one and five hole, some of his coaching, maybe I, it's not just him, right? It's everybody around him. But he knows how to get the most out of guys in situations like that. He's done it before when New Orleans was in a hole from a record standpoint. They've climbed their way back out of it. That's a sign of a good coach right there. 72% of players feel that Peyton is efficient with their time. Now, you can read into that a, a multitude of ways, but there's a rhyme and a reason. Like Sean, I think, has changed over the course of the last few years of his coaching career and obviously the NFL the CBA there's certain things you're not allowed to do there's certain time limits that you have that you can't surpass but Sean's been very cognizant of okay we need to give our guys a break here like they they track their wear and tear they track the amount of strain that they put on their body that to me is a sign of a coach who's evolving with how the game is and understands that hey if we're going to achieve the things we want to achieve we got to have our players in the best possible condition. And that's understanding when to pull the reins back a little bit, even though he is old school from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. And I'd be interesting to know, like, what are the criteria in terms of that particular category? Like, how are the players wasting their time? You know, what would be what would be an example of that? Right. Because, I mean, I guess I'm not in an NFL locker room. I don't work for an NFL team. I don't know what would constitute a waste of time. Is it uh, a Michael Scott like meeting, you know, where you're going in and you're, I, I would think that would be more likely to happen under Nathaniel Hackett quite yeah. frankly, but maybe it is just a certain, you know, I guess w- when you rule with that iron fist, there may be certain ways that players determine, okay, you know, we've heard this a million times, but I would say Cody, from a leadership perspective, if that is, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot there, but if it is a lot of repetition and repeating the same things that he said in the past, you know, you can never hear the vision cast too much and, and over communication yeah. in a top level organization is essential. You have to over communicate vision. You have to over communicate expectations. You have to over communicate, over communicate, over communicate, because if you don't, the people that are are fresh in the organization don't catch that vision. So I guess I'd be interested to know what the players determine to be a waste of time. I mean, I, a lot of players, uh, I mean, Cody, they, they probably waste a lot of time outside of football. So <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think it's fair to evaluate in that way. Sean Payton, as a head coach, I think the most important thing, he knows how to maximize the talent that he has on a roster. That's why I would say I have a hard time believing he's wasting guys' time. Just about yeah. everybody on the roster last year got better than they were the year before. Well, and, and the thing I think we all need to consider so I think there's a misconception about the schedule of an NFL player. Some people think, oh, they just go to practice for a couple hours, go home, and then they show up on Sundays for the games. Like, No, these players are working 14, 15-hour days when you factor in treatment, recovery, nutrition. A lot of guys love to eat at the team facility, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like There is a lot of time spent at the team facility. Coaches sometimes spend 17 hours at the facility. Now you don't want to live at the facility. If you're a coach like that can cause burnout. And obviously it's like, Hey, you got to find time to decompress, but man, these guys are efficient with what they do. Like it is structured. Like there is structure. Sean has come in. He's created structure that in my opinion, wasn't previously there. I can tell you watching a Sean Payton led practice. It is boom, 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 boom. At a specific time, they're moving from this to that. There's a rhyme and a reason for it. And I feel like maybe the other percentage about like, Oh, he's not efficient with our time. 
that could just be maybe the disconnect between Sean Payton being old school versus some guys not liking that. And look, there are some guys that don't really do well with that approach that Sean has, but Sean's a guy who's done it. He's proven it. And look, there's a lot of opinions out there about Sean Payton. And obviously in a lot of situations, I think we can all acknowledge Sean can and could have handled himself much better. But the reality is he's earned where he's at because he's put in the time and he's also shown that he can evolve. Another thing here, the players feel that Peyton is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room that comes in as a ranking of 24th overall. This is just one year. So next year, when these report cards come out, I'm very curious to see, does it improve? Does it go down a little bit? Does the record standpoint have anything to do with these grades? I don't think that's the case. I think it's more so the process. So I'm very excited to see where things go here, but John Payton, you know, well-liked by the players, contrary to a lot of the loud voices out there, on social media, Broncos country. We want to hear from you on today's episode of lockdown Broncos. What were your thoughts on the ranking of Sean Payton receiving an a minus grade in his first season as a member of the Denver Broncos? Let us know here on the show. We're going to get to the other parts of the grades as well. Where can Denver improve in treatment of families being a D plus? Why is that something that the Broncos need to fix? And what is the obstacle getting in the way of that? We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode locked on Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. The NBA season is making the postseason push as seeding comes into factoring here in the next month or so before the NBA playoffs begin. There's a lot at stake and there's a lot on the line, even including the free throw line. At FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get buckets with your first bet because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. If you believe that Nikola Jokic is going to get a triple-double in almost every game, you can put money on that because they have the feature on that inside of the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So make sure that you get your triple-double here today with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Once again, visit FanDuel.com Slash locked on and shoot your shot today with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Denver Broncos treatment of families graded a D plus in the in recent NFLPA survey. And that wasn't even bottom 10 in the league. And you know what? Hey, the Broncos will never be worse than the Chargers graded in this particular category. We're going to talk about that. Make a little fun of the Chargers on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. But want to say thank you and give a shout out to all of you that make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, wherever and however you listen to podcasts, free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube, where you can watch Cody and I. And we appreciate every single one of you for doing that. So, 
Cody, I think we got to let the listeners know if they haven't read about this yet. There was a hilarious kind of, I guess it wasn't necessarily a meme. It was kind of memed itself. But the Chargers grade in this particular category, treatment of families, in which the Broncos graded a D plus. Like you said, we're not grading necessarily based on the ranking on the list, but the overall grade being a D plus is very bad. And that was 21st in the NFL in terms of ranking, which is kind of shocking. You know, it's like, when are we going to start grading on a curve here, NFL PA? But look, the D plus, very bad. But uh, the Chargers, Cody, we got to just throw this out there because their treatment of families graded an F. And there was some weird story going around about their the daycare and the, the amount that Players have to pay for daycare from the Chargers. It was kind of a crazy thing. And I saw some funny stuff floating around about Philip Rivers with his 19 kids and how much Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, Antonio Cromartie and Philip Rivers. They might as well name the daycare after these guys. But look, I thought that was interesting. We got to poke a little fun at the Chargers for grading an F in this particular category. But why do you think the Broncos got a D plus here treatment of families? Well, the biggest thing here that factored into the evaluation of this is, you know, the players are happy that there is a daycare like at at the stadium. There is a daycare, you know, in the day to day, there's a daycare that takes care of of obviously kids for for the players here. The reason this kind of grades out a little bit lower is because there is no family room at the stadium, right, where all the family can gather in one area where I mean, it's not as congested, right, to be able to, you know, meet their husbands after the game and for players to see their kids and their families after a game. What happens here is if you've ever been to empire field a mile high, usually at the end of the game, once players clear a locker room, there's like a space outside that they rope off way after the game where families can go on the field and then wait for their, you know, spouses who had just played to go out there versus some teams around the NFL. They have like a big room that all these families can go to, where it's easier for them to obviously meet and greet after a game. That's one thing there. That's going to be hard to change though, sir, because Empower Field at Mile High is exactly how it is. And I don't know if you can build on and add any new rooms to it. I'm sure this is something that will be discussed, but this is definitely an area where I think that Carrie Walton Penner specifically, she cares a lot about this stuff, Sarah. And, I, and we're going to dive into ownership a little bit later on here and just the efforts that they make here. But this is something that's going to be an area that they're hoping to improve Going into next season, I'm very curious to see what they decide to do there. Now, I think we can get into some other areas here in terms of Denver's grades. Food and cafeteria, they got a B grade there. I can tell you this, the Broncos cafeteria staff for the NFL draft last year, they catered, they made food, they took care of us media people. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I would have given it an A plus if I had a chance to do it because they had this like Chipotle mac and cheese with grilled chicken. Like talk about protein and carbs and just it was fantastic. Um, probably the biggest jump from Denver from last year to this year is nutritionist and a dietitian. Last year, Broncos players didn't feel like they had an individualized nutrition plan. Uh, Greg Penner went out there. He hired a nutritionist and a dietitian, and they've created individualized plans for every player on the roster from a nutrition standpoint. That received, I think it was a D or a D plus last year. It jumped up to a B plus, a huge increase for them, ranked seventh overall in the NFL. And then some of the other issues that pertains to space, right? Locker room, training room, weight room, things like that. Locker room received a D. And some people, I think there was a misconception. They're like, well, didn't the Broncos just unveil a brand new locker room last year? At the stadium, right? But those guys aren't in the stadium every single day. Maybe 10 days out of the entire football season, they are going to be inside that stadium. The locker room at the team facility, however, there, I've been in there. 
It is super small. It is congested. And that is something that players want to improve. But ownership is working on that. They are. They are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to basically <laughs> renovate that whole complex out there. So it's coming. May not be for every player that's currently on the roster, obviously. But these are upgrades, I think. I mean, these can seem like such arbitrary grades. But, man, if you don't think ownership is listening to these grades you're mistaken they are listening they are making changes i think probably based on these things they probably already know a lot of these things they probably get their own surveys back from the players and have them grade and things like that and and they're making these changes so the broncos will have new facilities in the coming years and so these aren't really like you said these aren't really things to be worried about having that no lack of space in the locker room is temporary you know the the weight room the training room all that stuff is going to improve and get better it's just for right now it's not quite there and so when i watch cody i watch youtube i've seen the destroying videos of him traveling from you know city to city and going through some of these crazy college campuses and their training room their locker room their weight facility and i saw the difference between like alabama and lsu and oregon versus hawaii is crazy and i could see why i've I've always wondered why players not go play football at hawaii for college like why would you not want to go there it's basically (laughs) a, a vacation you're playing football but i see i mean it's it's more of a you're you're more so at a resort when you're at alabama than you are at hawaii because their facilities are so much better if you can upgrade this it could be a huge advantage in free agency it could be a huge advantage for undrafted guys when you're talking about bringing guys in for visits and saying hey we want you to come here they remember oh my gosh that that team has the facility that i want to be at every day i'm going there so there's so much you know so many advantages to having these really a one facilities that I think the Broncos know. And hopefully sooner than later, we'll see that come to fruition. I'm sure when it's all revealed, it's set to be done in 2026. It'll probably be state of the art in almost every way in comparison to a lot of teams that are still in their regular facilities in which they've had. There's obviously some teams that have been building new facilities. I think the Rams are building one, if I'm not mistaken, that's set to be unveiled at some point. So there's a lot to be considered here. Looking at some other grades too, training staff, they get a B. Weight room, they give that a B. I mean, players like the weight room there. It's going to be even better when the new facility is entirely done and restructured. Strength coaches, though, you know, Lauren Lando last year, strength coach this year, Dan Dalrymple, obviously coming, knows Sean Payton. Uh, I think Lauren Lando had like an A- minus grade from players, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Strength coaches this year received a C, which comes in 30th overall, right? But a C grade. Like, think about that. C is 30th in the NFL. Like, Think about that curve there as we're talking about it. And I think the biggest complaint is that there were a portion of players that felt like they didn't have an individualized workout plan for themselves, right? Each body type is different, but I think a lot of it is under the Broncos strength and conditioning program that they have. Everybody's doing the same things, right? It's it's working on getting bigger, faster, stronger, and it's the same program that works on those things. I'm very curious to see why it dropped off so much. I mean, to my knowledge, like players I've spoken to, they like Dan Dalrymple. So maybe it's just part of the program itself versus him as the strength coach. Yeah, which I think that could very well be. It could also be that he's just new, right? And they like Lauren Landau, right? I mean, it could be a lot lot of of guys still train with Lauren. Still, They do, yeah. Because he's a local. He's a local guy just a couple miles away from the facility. So I can understand that and I can understand why it would go down year over year. But I think that will continue to improve, like you said, especially if they can do some individualized training plans for these guys. I think that's big because, like you said, you got a guy like like Marvin Mims. He shouldn't be doing necessarily the same training regimen as (laughs) Zach Allen, right? Or Mike McGlinchey. So 
you want some individualized training plans for these guys. I get that. And I think that that's something that the Broncos could do. I think overall, when you look at this, Cody, team travel grading out as a B minus at 10th. I think I believe the Broncos have their own private airplane hangar and things like that. And so they're not they're not traveling southwest and seeing fans behind them on in the seats there. They're traveling alone as a team, private jet out of the private hangar. They're right near the team facility. So I think that's ideal obviously but in terms of just overall grading it seems like the broncos are vastly improved which is a testament to the ownership and them listening to not just the complaints but just the the actual like these are valid you know concerns that the players and coaches are having across the entire organization well the biggest thing too about travel is that every player that travels they don't have to have a roommate now there are some teams in the nfl mind-blowing that make their players pay to not have a roommate on a road trip which is absolutely wild like i learned a lot about how shady some of these other teams are and it's like all this stuff in my opinion if i'm a free agent i'm looking at these report cards i'm like oh do i really want to go there if they're gonna make me pay for daycare if they're gonna make me pay to not have a roommate on a road trip like no very very interesting insight here but really i think the biggest part about this is Broncos ownership. They graded really, really high in the NFL PA report card here. Why is that? What factored into that? We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. The question is, time for what? Time to do a podcast, time to spend time with your family, going on walks, working out, eating healthy. There are a lot of things that get in the way of us doing the things that we want to do. And if time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy has been a beneficial tool for myself, and I've talked to even listeners here of the show that have told me they've utilized better help. They've taken advantage of what they're offering listeners of Locked On Broncos because, look, we all deal with stress, anxiety. Sometimes something happens in life that we never account for, and it's okay. It's normal to not understand how to deal with some of those things. Therapy is the tool that helps you understand what you can do to get back on track If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and, best of all, flexible, suited to your schedule to accommodate you when you can do it, when it works for you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't vibe with your therapist when you do your first session, you can switch therapists at any time at no additional cost to yourself. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Walton Penner Family Ownership Group has done a tremendous job since coming in and taking the reins of the Denver Broncos. Pun intended right there. Real quick, Broncos country, want to say thank you so much for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. You make this show 
exactly what it is. We appreciate all your contributions. So make sure if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a conversation as to what's going on with your favorite team. We analyze almost every side of the coin on any situation as it pertains to roster building, overall storylines that are going on with the team, and much more. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming down the pipe here in the next two weeks. So it's going to be a very, very important time for you to stay locked in to Locked On Broncos here. Ownership, I mean, Sarah, I mean, we, we talk about it. Coming in, I feel like there's a lot of eyes on an ownership group or an owner, right? If there's an individual owner that comes in and takes control of a football team and you can see examples that do it right, you can see examples that do it wrong. I think you look at the Broncos, the Walton Penner family ownership group. They've done a really good job since coming in. They receive an A grade versus, you know, you look at the Carolina Panthers when David Tepper took over, his approval rating is not very high. He's very over-involved in a sense to where he wants to control things and doesn't understand the football aspects. I think the thing about the Walton Penner family ownership group that stands out to me, this is my observation, they're learning so much about football, right? They're learning so much about the business side of it, but they're also embracing the human side of it because the NFL is a brutal business. I can tell you this, players have told me they love how involved, how hands-on ownership is. When you talk about Kerry Walton Penner, Greg Penner, both these two that have controlling interest in the team, they consult with players all throughout the year. And even in the offseason, they want their feedback. They want to know how they feel about certain things like that. To me, that's so important. And I think it shows that Denver, in my opinion, outside of what you see on the football field right now, they're heading in the right direction. It's going to take some time to get there. But man, they have good support behind them. And it really speaks volumes with the fact that they are willing to help these players in any way possible. You want to improve the roster? Hey, they spent more money almost than any other team in NFL free agency last year. You got a, you know, kind of a crappy field for the last game of the season. They're going to fly in new turf uh, in short order and get that replaced. And they've replaced the field at Empower Field multiple times. The, the grass yeah. itself, by flying grass in. I mean, Cody, there's so many different aspects. You talk about the the facilities getting a harsh grade last year. They all of a sudden, you know, are like, hey, we're going to order up a brand new facility for you guys. And we're going to get that in the works and, and have it coming. And there's so many different aspects to it. Getting the nutritionist in, listening to the players and being hands on. Isn't that what every player, you know, they spoke about loving so much about the late, great Hall of Famer Pat Bolin as well is not just that he was in the locker room chumming it with the guys, but that you listen to the players, that you actually care about, hey, is this a good working environment? Is this a place that you would want to spend a second contract? Is this a place that you want to come to work every single day? I think the ownership group does such a great job of figuring that out, managing the team, being around, being present. And we can hear from Greg Penner when we've heard him at press conferences from, from the introductory all the way until, I mean, the, the Sean Payton hiring, other times that we've gotten to listen to him speak, Cody, you feel like he's really getting a grasp of what this team needs, what the players like, what they want, and he's really starting to understand the, the football aspect of things. I know that it's a, a group effort with so many different heads in that ownership group, but Penner is the day-to-day -day guy, and I think mm -hmm. that he's obviously figured things out in a really impressive way. Oh, he and Kerry are the the main two on site, consistent on a day to day basis there. And I I love Kerry's involvement. She is very hands on and involved in all the community stuff that the Broncos do. I mean, the Broncos a few years ago won the ESPN Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year award for their efforts and what they do in the community. 
Kerry loves that and builds on that and works with the staff. Like they provide a resource, not only with the Denver boys and girls club, they do so much here in the community of Denver and it's only going to expand as things go further. Uh, you, you talk about this as well, like Greg Penner, when you talk about a scale out of one to 10 players gave Greg Penner a 9.6 out of 10 in terms of ranking. I mean, Denver's grade of an A comes in as fifth. I was also very surprised to see, well, not when you factor in the background information, the Chiefs were dead last. Like their owner got a terrible grade. And from what I read from Chiefs fans, it's because he's not really involved with the team, like in, you know, where Kansas City is. Like he's doing it from somewhere else. And uh, you look at all the reports about like they were promised a lot of investments and upgrades at, you know, and they're they're defending, they're back to back Super Bowl champions and they're not having upgrades to like their locker room or seating or anything like that. It is crazy to me. And it just goes to show it's like, hey, like, you know, ownership definitely matters. I, is it going to help the Broncos win more games? I don't know, right? But I think ownership is going to do whatever they can to do that. They've shown that they're willing to go out. That money is not an option, like is not too big of an obstacle for them to go out and get a resource that's necessary for them that's going to improve the experience or enhance maybe what Denver can do on the field. So I think overall, I came away impressed with the Broncos grades here. They improved when you talk about rankings, which unfortunately, I don't like diving into that because the grade scale is so different. Denver was improved in a lot of the key areas in comparison to the year prior, right? So now the mark is, what do they do from this year to next year in terms of improvement? I'm excited to see, but overall, I think the Broncos are in a very good state right now. They're addressing a lot of the issues at hand, and I'm very curious to see what they do going forward. Broncos country, let us know your thoughts on the NFL PA's report card as voted on and surveyed by NFL players for every single team. You get an insight as to how certain teams operate. I always think it's very interesting. How do these grades maybe impact NFL free agency? That's a bigger question. For all you everydayers out there, one thing we are going to dive deep into, the Broncos, they've had some formal visits with players. We're also going to get into our free agency preview continuation. We're going to look at if the Broncos move on from Garrett Bowles, who are some left tackle options. You're going to get that on Monday's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos. See you then. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.